You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show at BD Peacock on Twitter. At Williamson NFL is where you can find us. You can find Jeff Lloyd on today's program, the host of Locked On Browns, joining us to talk about everything going on in Cleveland and this team that is ready. Are they ready to get that ring to be the team that finally climbs atop the AFC North? Baker Mayfield, what contract is he going to deserve in the very near future? What does this team look like now following free agency and the draft? This episode of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Joining us today is Jeff Lloyd. You know him from Locked On Browns. You can find him on Twitter at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Jeff, how are you? How is this 2021 offseason treating you? It's been pretty pleasant uh, with, you know, the anticipation, obviously, of you know how well 2020 went. And then, you know, getting to see, you know, the work Andrew Barry was able to do in free agency, where now all of a sudden, you know, Cleveland is a destination for top free agents. You know, you bring in a player like Jadavian Clowney. You bring in a player like John Johnson, the third, the best safety on the free agent market. You roll into the draft in your own backyard. Uh, they did a great job as a host city. Obviously, they were limited with what they could do, uh, but it drew rave reviews as far as you know people who were in attendance. You knock out another great draft class. Um, what do you usually say about this time of year? What do you want from the team you cover? You want everything to essentially be quiet, and to this point, it has. Uh, here we are. You know, I think recording on July first. We'll be you know opening up camp here by the end of the month. Um, just hoping for a couple of quiet weeks here. And then we get into, you know, talking about what is probably the most highly anticipated Browns season since the return. Without question. And Jeff, I gotta be honest, sitting here in my, my humble Pittsburgh abode and all the Steelers stuff I do, <laughs> I wish I could pick on your Browns a little more, but I got the, the R lads depth chart in front of me. Not that I really need it. And it's hard to find areas of concern, at least on paper. And I think that they have the right coach in place. Uh, I'm very impressed with the team building. There's two guys, though, that I think are make-or-break players for this season for the, the Brownies in terms of if they're not wonderful, they could be a, a good team. And if they are wonderful, they could be a great team. And that, of course, is Odell Beckham. And I think Jadavian Clowney, who you mentioned. Well, Beckham and look, all this talk about, you know, how great his rehab is going. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's in the top two percentile. I mean, I don't even know how they grade these types of things. Um, None of that's going to be in a hill of beans unless it translates onto the field. Um, They did do some things to hopefully, you know, back up if Odell is not the supreme athlete when he comes back this year. Um, And this was one of the things that doesn't get talked about enough where I think Baker Mayfield played very well last year is, is he just didn't really have the vertical passing game. It wasn't really an option. Uh, They just didn't have the personnel to do it once they lost Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, they completed some big passes down the field, but he played in like a 20-yard box, essentially, most of, you know, most of the passing, you know, attempts that they had last year. So he had to be razor sharp, you know, with his, you know, with his throws in his passing windows, which for the most part, he did a fantastic job over the second part of the season. Odell brings a different dynamic. You were now talking, 
and you're starting to play offense similar to how the Bills and the Chiefs do, where it could be a 50-yard pass play at any given time if you have the correct personnel on the field who can do this. Um, you kind of covered that with the signing with the drafting of an Anthony Schwartz. Anthony Schwartz, his biggest contribution is most likely could be just being on the field, not necessarily yeah. statistically, where you are opening things up. Get why is Travis? Yep. Why is Travis Kelsey as successful as he is? The Chiefs have two four two wide receivers who run in the four twos. You have to account for that. You open up things for everybody else. So hopefully with an Odell Beckham, even if he is 90, 95% of what Odell Beckham Jr. does, it brings a different aspect. You know, Rashard Higgins, great receiver, not very fast. Jarvis Landry, great receiver, not very fast. Donovan Peoples Jones, another one of these guys who could provide some verticality of this passing game. We'll see how year two goes for him. But some of these things gel. It just makes Baker Mayfield's life even easier. Clowney. Now, this is where it gets crazy. Um, Clowney and Garrett, like they're the two of them are almost kind of like mirror images in the fact that you know, when they both came into the league, there was nobody else like them. You know, guys aren't this tall or you know, aren't this quick, aren't this athletic. So they're kind of almost like the you know, the twins kind of separated at birth. Obviously, Clowney has never had the overall success that Miles Garrett has had as far as sack numbers. But Jadavian Clowney does a lot more of the little things than he's being he's given credit for. Um, he plays well in the run game. He always sets his edge, um, blows up a lot of plays in the backfield, even though he doesn't necessarily get the statistical credit for you know, making the play meet. But neither one of these guys have essentially gotten to play with somebody on their level. It's almost got a little bit of the heel he, feel like the Miami Heat when LeBron, Bosch, Wade got together where this is, you know, they can't double team you, and if they do double team you, they can't double team me. And the Browns did a great job of bringing in some other pass rushing aspects. There's just no way to account for this type of athletic duo. A bunch of it's going to, you know, come down to Clowney's health, which is always seems to be the question with Jadavian Clowney. But you put yourself in a position where you've got two guys coming off of either edge, and both guys have um, at times worked from the inside as well. They are mismatches wherever you put them. So now you're at the point where you know you maybe have you know two to three guys responsible for two at best, and then maybe you know you have to worry about a back. You know, so you're putting six guys on what they can put as far as you know uh, a pass rush set. You know, you bring in a veteran like Malik Jackson, his calling card, obviously, you know, pass rushing from the interior. They are really, really set up well with a great combination of athleticism and two guys who I think are going to kind of have a anything you can do, I can do better type of approach to push each other motivate motivate each other i mean if you're a defensive line guy you like pass rush this is going to be you know something that people are going to break down week in week out to see what the browns are able to do with the amount of guys you're going to be able to put on this defensive line man if nothing else just getting off the bus with miles garrett next to gj <laughs> Clowney is like something that uh opposing offensive linemen do not want to see but i actually want to talk about the browns offensive line here is this the best unit in the nfl more with Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns coming up. What to expect from this Cleveland football team in 2021? And can they now climb to the top of the heap of one of the best divisions in the NFL? Talking a lot about how the draft and free agency has altered things for the 2021 season. You can go to betonline.ag and then bet accordingly. Do you think a certain team's chances to win the Super Bowl next year have changed? Win some money on it at betonline.ag. 
They've also got some fresh odds on Offensive Rookie of the Year. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, second, tied with Trey Lance. Kind of like Zach Wilson at 7-1. to one. Kyle Pitts, 11-1 to one on the defensive side for Rookie of the Year next season. Micah Parsons leads that at 4-1. to one. Jalen Phillips, 7-1. to one. J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan at 10-1, to one, along with Zayvon Collins. And the second rounder, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, one of the steals of the draft, in my opinion. 12-1 to one odds. NBA, NHL, Major League, baseball, table games, poker. All you got to do to get involved in the action is head to the website at betonline.ag or the mobile app. Use promo code Locked On when signing up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns with us. We just talked about Wyatt Teller, the right guard, earlier this week. He made our, our uh, earlier last week, made our... All day three team as a former fifth round pick. Uh, you've got obviously Jack Conklin next to him on the right side. J.C. Treader at center. Batonio, the former second round pick. And then Jedrick Wills, the first rounder from last year, who I fully expect to make a huge leap here in year two. Not that he was terrible in year one, but he was a rookie. And I mean, this line, where's the where's the hole? And that just means the two-headed backfield of Chubb and Hunt are going to be better. All day potentially for Baker Mayfield to throw and maybe hit some of those speedy wide receivers like a healthy Odell Beckham and the rookie Anthony Schwartz and, and hit those guys down the field a little bit. The addition and the development of Wyatt Teller. Now, Wyatt Teller, I was I was very excited about. Even when the you know the Browns made this move, I was very excited about Wyatt Teller, the player coming out of Virginia Tech. It certainly helps that Bill Callahan, um, at the time of Wyatt Teller's draft cycle, had him rated as his number one guard um, that year. Um, so now here they were being able to you know sync up. It's crazy to think that Wyatt Teller was here for the first half of 2019 and the Browns tried five, six other right guards before they finally decided to let (laughs) Wyatt Teller on the field and then decided, oh, wow. So the guy we did make the acquisition for 10 weeks ago actually is pretty good. Um, But the development of him last year, and he was dedicated during quarantine. He put in a lot of time just basically taking the, the young kid fat off the body, turning it into kind of more of grown man muscle. Look, he was really good as it was, but with nothing else to do, just would create went crazy intense as far as working out and transforming his body. Um, the step up with him was incredible. And now when you put him on, and it was crazy to think, you know, with Batonio, who's been an all pro, with Conklin, who came over on such a, you know, a big free agent deal. JC Treader has always been steady Eddie as a center. Um, and Jedrick Wills, I think there was a, you know, a, a good effort in his rookie year, again, keeping in mind, he came from the right side to the left side. So with, like you, Brian, I think there's going to be a big jump for Jedrick Wills here in year two. But to think that Wyatt Teller was the best offensive lineman on that group by a pretty good margin is crazy to think. It's a testament to him. The Browns are in a fantastic position. It's going to get tough here soon because, you know, you have Wyatt Teller up for a contract extension. Jedrick Wills' you know, amount on the salary cap is going to continue to go up as the 10th overall pick. J.C. Treader and Joel Batonio making a ton of money. It's going to come down to the point of you know, conversations of you know lowering the money. But look, they were the top offensive line in the NFL last year, according to PFF. Whether it was you know through the run game, whether it was through the pass game. Now it's year two. You get a camp underneath them where this year it's a lot more fine tuning as opposed to training camp last year. It was like, all right, well we've done everything on Zoom. Now let's actually do it on the field. I, I don't see how this line just doesn't stay near the top of the game. You're much more comfortable with the players you're playing with. The Browns do not have much change of any at all 
with the skill position so they know what Nick Chubb's looking for behind him. They know what Kareem Hunt's looking for behind him. They know exactly what Baker's capable of. They know the time they got to give on a certain play. All right, this Baker have it out in three seconds. He's got three quick reads. The ball will be gone by then. We all work as a unit. It's been really, really fun to watch the interior here. And with a guy like Bill Callahan getting so many great parts, his track record speaks for itself. It's you know really difficult to see any way that this line doesn't perform to a pretty near the same level that they did in 2020. Really well said, Jeff. And I think this is the best offensive line in the league. I think it might be the only offensive line that doesn't have a true weak link, you know, which is really impressive. I mean, a really strong starting five. But you mentioned one thing there I just wanted to stick with. You talked about keeping these guys long-term. And I think that's really an interesting thing to talk about this team overall. I mean, very soon they're not going to have a quarterback on a rookie deal. They've had a lot of first-round picks, as we know. And it's time to pay the fiddler on those guys. Miles Garrett's already gotten paid. Are they going to be able to keep Ward and this line and Chubb? And it's starting to be... The problems that good teams have. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, rich people problems. You know, when yeah, you get right, into this right. situation where you put yourself you in a good play. avenue. Yes. Um, and you know, it, I think it's refreshing when you're hearing that, you know, Baker Mayfield and the Browns are talking now. Um, you know, if this 2021 season is gonna go the way everyone kind of feels, you want to get Baker kind of handled now. Um, because you go back to you know the Joe Flacco, you know, with the year basically he bet on himself and the Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl. That contract, you know, that he eventually signed was an exorbitant amount of what would have gotten done the summer before. If Baker is interested in putting pen to paper now, there's a chance this could behoove the Browns for the next couple of seasons. Because you know, usually when you sign early, you know, by two three years, we're talking about you know maybe redoing that quarterback contract extension again. But when you I hear everyone want to t- get it done before Allen and Lamar, of course, well, yeah, of course, right, and right. you don't. I mean, if you're the Browns, you'd like to get this thing done today. If you could. Yeah, before that 2023 cap, too. Yes, but even still, but if this team gets as successful as it is, now you're talking, what, maybe five, ten million more per year, maybe talking another hundred million dollars over the life of a contract. If this team's able to go maybe to an AFC championship game in 2021, perhaps further. Um, So that's going to strangle things. But everybody seems to be where there's talks now. There's talks with Nick Chubb. There's talks with Denzel Ward. And if you listen to what these guys say and the appreciation they all have for one another, you're hoping that that maybe will transcend to the point where we'd like to stick together. Um, but then, of course, you know, money has certainly ruined a lot of relationships in the NFL, a lot of relationships anywhere, if we're being honest. <laughs> but there is that possibility that, look, we know what we've done here. You know, this place was the laughing stock of the league. Now we've got uh, you know, a front office that people, you know, are enamored with. We got a head coach that people look at, you know, as the legit real deal. The roster is the same way. Um, there's going to come a crunch time and it could come with veterans, you know, whether it's, you know, JC Treader, whether it's Joel Batonio, they drafted a player last year in Hudson who probably portrays to be a guard. They drafted Nick Harris in the 2020 NFL draft who you know has a center experience, got to play a, a little bit on the interior last year. So, I mean, it may come to the point where they're going to have to shave off, you know, some of the older guys to keep the youth around. But you talk about a core, and you know Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward. It starts there. Um, maybe you could have a little, you know, change at the wide receiver room where you're certainly paying two wide receivers, you know, over thirty million dollars. You're certainly not getting that type of statistical return on the field. It's going to be some tough decisions to have. But like you said, this is what good franchises get into. Um, and if you can just continue further on and play further into January, God forbid February. 
I think everybody understands that you know, success is going to cause these problems. And, you know, you're going to have to say goodbye to a player or two. Um, but I don't think fans are going to have much of an issue with it just due to the fact that you know, they want forever for this team to be successful. And we're finally getting snippets and sights of it. And, you know, the hype and, you know, everybody, you know, except for maybe a few folks at ESPN, believe the hype is, severe, you know, severe, severely real. Jeff, let's talk a little bit more about Baker Mayfield. How good has he played? Has he earned that mega contract? Looking at his statistics, it doesn't blow you away. In fact, he hasn't really improved much statistically from his rookie season. In, in fact, his 2020 year was you know pretty identical uh, as far as completion percentage and yards, and he still hasn't thrown for 4,000 yards in a season in his three-year career. But efficiency got better, um, and I think I know you know Stefanski runs that sort of West Coast tree offense where there's going to be more short throws. You mentioned needing some more bigger play receivers too, which is part of that. But efficiency has gotten a little bit better. But you know, no crazy season. Seasons. I'm sure Browns fans are thinking, we finally got a good quarterback. Can we just pay this guy? Give him a 10-year contract. I don't care. I want to have a good quarterback for a while. But but how much has Baker Mayfield improved? How good is he for, for those who haven't watched a lot of Browns football? Well, I think 2018, you go back to his rookie year. I mean, the trajectory looked like, you know, you were going to have a guy who should be mentioned with all the top you know, mm-hmm. quarterbacks you know, in the game. You know, he was doing it with not much. I mean, Darren Fells, Bashard Perriman, these are players that were excelling with him. 2019, you know, it's, it's, you can't just say, oh, well, it's a wash. Um, obviously, he took a step down. His play was just not where it was. The interceptions, you know, just continued to mount. Um, you know, was it all on him? No. Will he say it was all on him? Yes, because that's what you expect your franchise quarterback to do. You, you know, took the field. 2020 started a little slow, which was kind of understandable. You know, you're learning some new parts. You're learning yet another new system for Baker Mayfield in the NFL. But then it just started to jive. And you talk about you know, the statistical things, and it's understandable. But there's weeks where, you know, you go to the Tennessee game last year. You had like 290 yards in the first half. Browns had no reason to throw the ball. That should have been a 450-yard day if for any other quarterback. The Browns, why? Why are we going to do this? We got two good running backs. Guess what? We're just going to run the ball. We're going to get out of here with a W. Um, I think that his stats take a hit. Um, you know, you think at times Patrick Mahomes wouldn't love the consistency of a Nick Chubb. Um, a Tom Brady wouldn't love the consistency of a Nick Chubb. Um, you just you do what works for your team. If you have two good running backs, you have an offensive line that blocks very well in the run game. You can't ignore that just for the sake of, you know, well, our quarterback stats aren't as high as other quarterbacks. Well, that's fine. And if you do want to get to that, let's pick up the pace of the offense here a little bit. If you do that, you have a chance to get all of these skill guys involved with the tight end group that you love, with the wide receiver group that you really like. So maybe that's something to look forward to this year in year two with Stefanski is maybe starting to play at a little bit of a higher pace, which Baker's was accustomed to coming here from Oklahoma, where you can get an opportunity to get you know, more players involved, maybe run a few more plays, get those statistical numbers a little bit higher for some guys. I don't think it truly matters to anybody. I think at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses, but it could be a way for Baker's you know stats to you know take a little bit of a jump. But no, the, the city's happy with him. The organization is happy with him. He was the right guy, which is why the decision was made. Obviously, he was a little bit older than all of his contemporaries at the time of that 2018 draft. They wanted somebody who basically was going to come in and knew the situation, you know, that it was bad. It was real bad. And he was going to be looked at like, we're not going to believe you're the savior until you prove us, you know, that you are the savior until things are different. And they started off in 18 that way, 19, obviously they dipped, but now they're here. Um, is he, you know, I, I, does he deserve to be talked about in the top 10 of the NFL yet? No. 
Do I think he's hanging around right there as, you know, maybe next to be talked about? Um, I think he deserves that. I think by middle of this season with his efficiency, we could be talking about that. Certainly he, he's got all the weapons at his disposal. They ha- he hasn't lost anything from last year. He still has all of it back, a couple of pieces added to it with that offensive line now being comfortable in the system, not having to learn anything new. I think the sky's the limit for him, this offense, this organization. And, yeah, Browns fans, yeah, they would love to get him inked right away. Um, I'm sure they're all whined about it afterwards. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's that much money because the Browns have never signed a quarterback to an extension. So I'm sure fans are not ready for this. Um, But he deserves what he's gotten coming to him. He's embraced the city. He came in here knowing how bad this franchise was. Never felt that, you know, walked in day one and just basically said, well, one in 31, oh, and 16. That isn't me. I wasn't part of it. That's not the way it's going to be around here anymore. And for the most part, that's been the way it's worked out. Still a lot to cover here with this Browns team. We've got to talk NFL draft. I love what the Browns did there. Continuing to get even better. Putting the heat on those Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore Ravens can't forget about the uh, I think the improving Cincinnati Bengals as well how does Jeff see this division finishing in 2021 all right let me talk about rockauto.com they've been a really good friend of the locked on network now for a long time and they do amazing work and with all the increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car truck whatever at a traditional chain storefront it just makes no sense so a lot of you do a lot of work on your cars and it makes a lot of sense financially or as a hobby or whatever you got to check out rockauto.com because their prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low they rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do for example um, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything you're looking for. Uh, I mentioned that the prices are always reliably low and same for professionals as they are for you guys. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So here's what you do. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. So they know that we sent you. That's locked on, two words. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com there is absolutely no bad time to enjoy a built bar it's how i started my day today it's how i start many of my days it's how i get through the middle portion of many of my days as well if you are low on time you want a healthy snack you need to replace a quick meal maybe you can't do much better than a low sugar low calorie high protein high fiber snack the tastes Awesome. And to make it even tastier, I'll tell you how you can get 15% off your next box of Built Bars. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious folks out there. Uh, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and even great for a keto diet. That peanut butter flavor, 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories and 5 grams of sugar. Cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. The other thing about Mayfield's numbers is he played three awful weather games this past year. You can't just forget about those. But I want to talk about this draft class. I feel like the draft class fell into the Browns' lap extremely well. You know, we mentioned Schwartz. Much needed speed element on the outside. 
Hudson, a good athlete that they can develop, keep the offensive line of strength for years to come, whether it's guard, tackle, whatever. Tommy Togiai is probably my favorite pick for where they got him. I had a little bit of questions about their D tackles, but I think he's going to help now as a rotational player. Greg Newsom just falls into their lap. But the guy everyone wants to talk about, of course, is JOK. What do you expect from him? Do you think he's a part-time player? You think he's a spot player? You know, how is he used? Well, the greatest thing about this is, you know, every player the Browns drafted this year, there's a good chance maybe not any of them start week one. And yeah, that's yeah. okay. That's okay. If Greedy Williams is healthy, Greg Newsom may not start week one. Um, Five but, years ago, they all would have started. You, you can be seventh <laughs> round pick. You know, can yeah. he be a Hall of Famer? Because maybe we got a <laughs> shot here. Um, but the players that, you know, what they brought in, and obviously everybody wants to talk about Jay, okay? And this goes to about what Joe Woods has talked about since he's been here, you know? And people have a lot of, you know, confusion with it. You know, Joe Woods, I want to play a lot of nickel. I want to play a lot of dime. Everybody automatically thinks essentially that that means, you know, we're not playing people as linebackers. No, essentially what it means is, is I want safeties who were built almost like linebackers. Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa fills the build. Uh, Roddy, uh, Ronnie Harrison fills that mold. Grant Delpit fills that mold. Guys who are 6'1", 6'2", around 220, faster than your linebackers. That's the key here, getting significantly faster on defense. So guess what? You're taking your first down linebackers off the field. You're playing three safeties, and these safeties are doing some linebacker things. It's going to help you running sideline to sideline with a player like Lamar Jackson, who has proven that there ain't many linebackers that can do it. And when he has had issues, what have teams done? They have brought in players up closer to the line of scrimmage in linebacker looks to run with him, which is part of what they're doing. And, you know, JOK, it's going to be a lot of different things. And we always get nervous with players like this. Obviously, Isaiah Simmons from last year with the Cardinals, one of these players where every, oh, well, he can do everything. Right, okay, right. well, how do you start that player in? Because he still has one, to go to the linebacker room every day and get coached by the linebacker coach. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Miles Jack can cover the slot. Well, he can't cover Cole Beasley, though, or Wes Of Wells, course. Or Michael Thomas. You know, like, doing everything's wonderful, but it, it, it's easier said than done when we sit here on draft day. He can do it all. When a coach has to take the player and implement him into the defense, you got to start slow. Mm-hmm. You got to start with wins. You got to put him right, in a position right, right. where he can get comfortable. And then it's all right. Now he's starting to feel good about himself. He's had some success. This is where we start to say with Jay, uh, you know, with Jay, okay, hey, in this look, you're going to play a traditional cover two safety. Anybody comes over the middle, annihilate them, separate uh-huh. them from the ball. And but you can't take these versatile players and just expect them to go from, you know, dominating in the ACC doing this to dominating the NFL. That's where these players struggle early. Isaiah Simmons was one of those cases last year. You need to say, this is what I want you to do now. And I think for a player like JOK, it's going to be you know involved in the run. It's going to be involved in covering running backs. It's going to be involved in you know, covering tight ends on short routes and you know, inserting your physicality into those. Um, and again, it's, it's going to be Lamar, which is later in the season. It's going to be one of those things where, and JOK has zero regard for his own well-being. You know, he will, he will go and hit as hard as he possibly can. So you want to make a player like Lamar Jackson think, you know, do you want to play this run like a traditional running back? Because if you're going to do it like a traditional running back, they're going to hit you like you're a running back. Are you going to slide here and give up two yards um, due to the fact that you don't want to take a monster hit? And a lot, you know, this is it. And Tony Fields was another one they drafted out of West Virginia. I mean, if you like this role and you want JOK to do it, you probably want to double up and have somebody else learning this role as well. So he fits in with Harrison, 
Delpit. They all run well. They all can go sideline to sideline. They're all good tacklers. It's just a way of getting your defense more athletic. And that's Joe Woods with the whole, I want to play more DBs. I want to play nickel. I want to play dime. It's basically a precursor of basically just saying, I need to get more athletic in my back seven. It's funny. The, the second they drafted him, I thought, Lamar. You know, mm-hmm. you are you just follow Lamar. If he goes in the second row, if he goes to the get popped, popcorn, you follow Lamar for two games a year, every step he takes. And even if he's, you know, play man coverage against Joe Mixon and Najee Harris. Great. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that's all you do. I mean, great. I mean, that, that that's there's a couple defined roles from day one that he can excel at in the division. There's no question about it. And that's and that's how you start this. And, and that's how you get to develop him to the hopefully the versatile player on defense. And part of it though is with all of these type of guys who can do similar things. You're making the quarterback's real life really, really hard. He's coming to the line of scrimmage, and you see Delpit, you see John Johnson the third, you see Ronnie Harrison, you see JLK. They all can do multiple things. So it's really difficult to say, all right, well, he's going to be here. He's going to be here because they can all kind of play the same type of roles. So Joe Woods is going to have the ability to move guys up, move guys back, and it's going to make life really difficult for an offensive line, uh, for a center, for a quarterback, trying to call out the defense and trying to establish what everybody's responsibilities on that defense are. It's just going to be a lot harder. It's going to be a lot more confusion. And again, they're going to be faster and they're going to be more athletic. I don't know if the Browns are going galaxy brain on this just to mess with people like me and opposing <laughs> offenses, but I thought JOK was one of the best picks in the draft and a you know, starter day one outside linebacker that can do everything else. But then... I see him at minicamp. He's wearing number 28. That tells me something else is, are they just screwing people saying, oh, we're going to put a number on on his back that says 28, but he's actually going to play linebacker and it's really going to confuse people. Um, it, starting out in the secondary, I think is the wrong way to do it. And, but I don't know. It, it could convince me otherwise, or maybe is that just you know, whatever they gave him a number and it doesn't matter. I think, but this is more of, you know, what I'm saying is, is, you know, they are going to play, you know, with this nickel where, you know, he's going to come on the field. He's going to be on the field a lot. I mean, and look now with the Jersey numbers, we're all going to get used to guys wearing different things. Um, he's going to play closer to the line of scrimmage at the beginning. You know, like Matt said, it's going to be more seek and destroy until you get his confidence up um, backs out of the backfield. You know what, Lamar, you know what? Don't let him run to the left. If he's going to run to the left, uh, let's let him run east and west. We don't want him running north and south. You know, where we've seen Lamar struggle is against these teams you know, like the Chargers, the Titans got him two years in the playoffs where you're putting closer guys athletically to him and you have him moving left and right on the line of scrimmage as opposed to north and south and killing you that way. Um, He's going to eventually probably fade into doing a little bit more and you'll still use him as some uh, traditional safety stuff. We haven't gotten a meeting yet on the number 28. Um, Obviously, war six at Notre Dame. And I think it's interesting because a lot of the Browns players – War single digits, but I kind of think they didn't want to come here to the Browns and be like those first guys because it would have kind of like set off a bad vibe. Like they came in, oh, I want to wear one. Yeah, I think it kind of would have set off a bad vibe of starting like maybe disrupt the apple cart with a you know a good roster that's already in place and also figuring that some of these kids may not even start right away. Um, so the twenty eight, I mean, it's what he chose. Um, he's allowed to wear it now as a linebacker, safety, whatever he is. Um, but in the beginning, it's going to be a lot closer to line of scrimmage. It's going to be within five to seven yards of line of scrimmage. It's going to be linebacker looks, and it's going to be being physical with guys within, you know, within the flats with running backs, tight ends on short outs. And of course, you know, any quarterback trying to run the ball, you know, Jeremiah Usu Cormo is going to bring it. 
Last one for you here, Jeff. I want to know where you think the Browns are now in a very tough division in the AFC North at 11-5 and last year. The Browns were only tied for second place in that division. Have they jumped up over those other two teams? Do you think this offseason, was that going to be a natural progression anyway, no matter how the drafts and free agencies went? Are the Browns, after all these years, the team to beat in the AFC North? And where are they in the conference? Tough conference. True. They uh, we'll we'll do the division first here. Um, and Matt, you know I love you, buddy. I I I thought this last year first and, place and, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers don't besmirch their name. <laughs> but we all, but we all uh, yes, of course. But we all watched it last year, and it was you know what was it ten and zero and eleven and zero, and everybody was like, wow, it, it, it's it's it didn't nothing about it looked dominant. Um, and. I just don't know what they did this year to get Barrett. I I love Najee Harris. I think it's a great, you know, a fantastic selection. Um, but basically now, I guess we're down to what is it going to be? Five, four, or five new starters on that offensive line for Pittsburgh this year. Um, you know, Ben is not obviously getting any younger. You know, question marks about whether or not he can go. You know, now the full seventeen, and I'm sure they'll find some way to be smart about it somehow, some way to hopefully ensure you know that they can keep him as fresh as January if they can get there as possible. I'm not sure that they're. You know, that concern, you know, obviously on the defensive side of the ball, Devin Bush, you know, coming back from the injury, um, you now have, you know, no longer Bud is Bud Dupree there. Granted, he was coming off the ACL and, you know, ACL anyway. Uh, I think the Browns sites are probably past the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the Ravens, this is where it got interesting. The Browns got a gift in this schedule. The Browns basically have 22 days where their facility is going to be nothing but the Baltimore Ravens. You go and you play a Sunday night game in Baltimore. You go on the bye week, and the following week you come home and you play the Baltimore Ravens again. This is set up beautifully. If like if it's not now, then when would it be when you could leapfrog the Baltimore Ravens? They basically can shut the facility down for three weeks and do nothing but focus on the Baltimore Ravens. Will it translate? We'll see. But they really, really got you know a advantageous bounce with that schedule, the way that worked out for them. The AFC in general, uh, the Chiefs. Obviously, still going to be a tough out. They're going to be working on a new offensive line themselves. Um, Buffalo Bills, I don't see any signs of that slowing down where they're coming closer to the pact. Um, I just I don't know how it works. I mean, if you what if you ask me now, the top four teams in the AFC, I would probably go with Kansas City, Buffalo, Baltimore, and the Cleveland Browns. I just I think it's there. The Browns are so deep. The one thing about defense, the defense is, yeah, it's great. There's a lot of new additions. Yes, it's deep. How quickly does it start to gel? And if you start off a little slow with a lot of big personalities, can everybody you know maintain that, you know, trying to stay on the same page, understanding that it's going to come together? That'll be the key. And but you know, if it can st- stay the course, I think the Browns will have one of the better defenses in the NFL, maybe by you know, midseason, if not maybe a little bit earlier, if the pass rush can do what they should be able to do. It's gonna be a fun ride, boys. You heard it from Jeff Lloyd, AFC North champion, Cleveland Browns, maybe <laughs> AFC champion, Cleveland Browns, maybe <laughs> Super Bowl champion, Cleveland Browns, as odd as that sounds. Find him on Twitter, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, and of course, tune in to Locked on Browns on the Daily. Jeff, really appreciate it, man. Uh, always a blast, fellas. You guys know that. Everybody stay well. Thanks again to Jeff Lloyd. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow right here, Peacock and Williamson.